You're listening to a new episode of Empathy Always Wins, the world's exclusive leadership and mental health show. My name is Ali Salama, and I am extremely humbled and honored to be your host for today's episode with a guest that I am extremely psyched to be introducing to you guys. In fact, in an hour, I will be making my way to his radio show, the halftime show on Pulse 95 Radio. Our guest today goes by the name of Omar Alduri, and I really believe that merging mental health, leadership, and fitness is a great way and segue to truly understand how the players, the soccer, football players that we look up to, the, 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 the people who we consider icons, we can learn so much from behind the scenes from their mindsets and the way they take care of themselves. And I found it a great fit to bring Omar because I, I believe that as a football coach, as an author of a great book, Reset, um, as a health and fitness ambassador, there's no one better uh, to talk to us and speak to us as someone who's culturally very intelligent and a UAE-based man who is very emotionally intelligent, yet also understands mental health vulnerability from a masculine perspective. Omar is an award-winning coach, trainer, and practitioner in the health and fitness industry. A pioneer in the industry, he was educated in Europe before moving to the UAE, where he has coached individuals as well as international football teams from Africa and the Middle East. In his career, he has found his own training facility, developed a youth academy, and participated as a fitness coach in the World Cup and the African Nations Cup. His holistic approach and passion for listening, studying, and helping people have been recognized across the world through his long-lasting relationships with athletes, clients, and celebrity. Omar is also the author of Reset, Five Dominoes That Will Change Your Life. Couldn't be more excited to bring you guys the one and only Omar Alduri, and I'm really excited as well to be his guest on today's halftime show, which we are going to be filming right in one hour. So this is live and this is happening. And I can't wait to hop into this episode with the one and only exclusively on Empathy Always Wins podcast, Omar Alduri. Omar, thank you so much for coming on Empathy Always Wins. Uh, you know, I was introduced to you <laughs> via a really close friend of mine, Yaz, and it's just been, uh, it's been very interesting seeing your work, seeing your book, seeing how you lead and how you represent uh, yourself and carry yourself in your work as a very vulnerable, authentic um, person. Um, and I just, before we hop onto all the stuff that we want to discuss, like, could you tell us a little bit about who Omar is and let, let's get, let's get, let's get a, Let's get an insight as to who Omar is and maybe the things that people don't really know about Omar. Well, thank, firstly, thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak to you, man, on this platform. It's uh, it's refreshing to see what you're doing. And uh, and I'm a fan, man. You know, once he has introduced us and connected us, um, I didn't even know, you know, all the great stuff you were doing. I went and I, I jumped on and I was like, man, this guy is <laughs> doing some great things, you know. So, uh, so firstly, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, who am I? Uh, I'm a student, man. I'm, I'm a student. I'm a product of what I believe in. I think it, it takes practice. I, by, by all means, I don't call myself a master or, or anything like that, but I am someone that 
lives by it day to day. I, I struggle like everyone else. I win like everyone else. I smile like everyone else. I cry like everyone else. I, I am that person that um, never claims to be the best, but always tries to learn as much as he can from anyone around that can offer something, whether that's through the curriculum side of things and the educational side of things, or whether that's through life's lessons. And I think they both offer so much to the table that no matter, I think for me, the more that I learn, the more confused I am about opinions I heard in the past about what I read in the magazines, what I read in the articles, what I read in research. And, uh, and I like speaking to people like yourself because it's funny. I learn a lot through other people. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, when we, when we talk and the other person goes, yeah, you know, I see where that's coming from. <laughs> it's, it's nice to be able to do that. So, so I, I am a student of the game. Uh, there are many games, uh, but I'm definitely a student of the game and someone that, you know, loves to, to speak to people, but more importantly, loves to listen to people. Yeah. And like, I know you have a radio show, the halftime show. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us a little bit about like how you got into that? Like, you know, you meet pretty incredible people. Like I, you meet Mike Tyson, like you meet, you, <laughs> like, just go for it. Like I, it's crazy. I mean, not many people, perhaps the audience that we have is, is a little bit different than, than the audience that you have on your show, but mm-hmm. walk us through the, 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 the journey. How did you end up being where you're at and, and how did you become this person that is able to unlearn some of the thoughts that you, you haven't, and, and how'd you get into that space? How'd you get into that mindset? You know, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting. I was a guest on the radio. So, so I was a guest on the radio during the world cup, uh, as a football specialist, and they brought me on board to speak about what goes on in the locker room. Having my coaching background is from there. So, uh, so I went on there and, and did it for like a month. It was supposed to be a couple of days. Then it turned into a month. And I, I just liked the idea of being able to go in a different environment, which I wasn't very comfortable with. And so having gone into radio, I saw all that. And then, uh, and it turned into, into something where after the month was up and the World Cup was up, I went back to London and <laughs> I was in London and they called me up in London and said, well, the final's on, can you come on the show? This was like 6 a.m. So oh, I was like, yo, uh, I'm not really an early <laughs> person, but I'll do it, I'll do yeah. it. You know? And so, um, so we did that. And, uh, and, and when, I, when I got back, they said, you know, Omar, like, I think... Um, we think you're good. And I said, good at what? And they said, you know, good, good at talking. And I said, well, that, you know, uh, I think everyone's good at talking if you, if you, if they're comfortable. And I said, it's down to the presenters. They made me feel comfortable. And that's why I felt good. And they said, would you ever consider having your own show? And I kind of turned around and said, me? (laughs) (laughs) Me? They were like, yeah, yeah. And I said, uh, man, I'd love to, but you know, I, I don't want it to be a sports show. I want it to be more about what goes on behind the scenes, in the locker room, in people's mindsets, athletes, real life, your average person. I want to be able to speak uh, to those people and have a platform to get those people on to, to talk about their stories, whether it's international, whether it's local. I, you know, having interviewed someone that organizes games in the local park to having someone that has been at a World Cup. That, that, those are the things I wanted to do. Yeah. And after they gave me that introduction, they said, Great. Okay. So send us in what you think, you know, you would put together as a show and then we'll have a look. So I spoke to my wife and I said, Maria, so I have this opportunity, but I don't know what to call it. I don't know how I'm really bad at talking about what I've done. So what am I going to do? So she said, oh, well, you know, tell them your experiences going to an African nation's cup, uh, going to a world cup, tell them about how, 
you studied in England. Tell them about how you've dealt with less privileged children. You know, tell them about that stuff. So I thought, yeah, that sounds good. Can you write that down for me? <laughs> and, she, and she was like, yeah, okay. So, so my wife helped me with the proposal. We sent it over to them. They said it was really good. Um, I didn't know what to call it. Um, and so I was thinking something to do with sports that came out to be the halftime show. Yeah. And uh, it's because they gave me a slot during the day that I wasn't sure anyone would be listening. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like halfway through the day and it was at three o'clock. So yeah. um, I was like, mm, halfway through the day, halftime. Maria said halftime. I said, halftime. There we go. Let's call it the halftime show. We called it the halftime show. Uh, we sent in everything. The guy said to me, listen, they can't, they can't make sense. You look as Arab as they come. But you sound as British as they come. So this, this might work. And it was the first English speaking show in Sharjah. So wow. um, I thought, fantastic. So went in, sent them the stuff. They said it was great. And they never called me. <laughs> they, they, ne- they, they genuinely never called me. It was like a month. And then I was like, yo, remember me? You guys said that you wanted me to send you a proposal. Did I really, was it really that bad? And the guy was like, no, no, we, we, you know, we like you and everything. We, we do like you. It's just, um, it's just the fact that, uh, you know, we, we need to take some time on it. I said, right, oh, no problem. Okay, cool. But, it's like, but don't, but let us know. So I said, fine. So then I waited and it was nothing. And it was three months and I'm like, yo, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm here, you know, I'm ready. You guys gassed me up. I, I'm, I'm, let's do this, you know? And they're like, no, no, we haven't forgotten you. Listen, we really liked you, man. I said, okay, cool. Six months, <laughs> I'm still here, <laughs> nothing's happened. I'm oh like, my God. yo, what, like, tell me, man, if I'm not, if I'm not right for it, it's okay. Mm. I'm okay with that. And they were like, no, 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 it's not that. It's, um, it, it's, it's, we need to get the budget for you. So then I went, okay, okay. All right. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Take your time with the budget. <laughs> and then, uh, Nine months later, I'm like, yo, I'm still here, man. And no one's called called me. What the hell? And they were like, okay, listen, listen, listen. We'll give you a month trial. This was in July. Give you a month trial. We'll see how it goes. For me, where I come from, trial means free. So I I was like, "Uh, okay. And I said, so what am I going to do? They said, we're going to teach you how to control the decks, um, put on the beds, the keys, the sweepers, do your intro, uh, control the whole desk manually and, and let's see how you go and let's see how you feel with it. And, and one of, one of the guys, Ray, I mean, shout out to Ray. He is, he's amazing. Man. He taught me everything on the decks, mic, moving the headphones around, normalizing everything. And I was like, wow, this is a lot of, this is kind of overwhelming. This is a lot of stuff. Cause if you're a guest, it's easy. Yeah. When you actually producing your stuff, it, you know, there's a lot of respect that goes out to those people. So, mm-hmm. so that's, that's what, how it started. And then we did a month of that. I learned it and they said, okay, listen, we're going to give you a part-time role here. You know, <laughs> it's always starts like that. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to give you a part-time role here and, and let's see how you go. You know, if it's meant to be, we'll, we'll review it in six months and stuff like that. So I said, okay, fine. So three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, three to four, that's the halftime show. And, uh, and then we started to play about with it. So, um, I started to get a bit cheeky with it. So I started to say the only place to be at three, because not many people do things at three o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse 95. And then that's how it kind of, it started ringing where people then, even the other hosts on the other shows, they're always like, don't forget Omar's on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse hey, 95. Hey, it's, it's the uh, yeah, it's, That's community it's, right there. Yeah, man. And they were amazing, man, because 
after my first show, truth yeah. is, um, I was I was devastated because I came out of the studio, and the person that I was interviewing, he was a really good guest, but his tone was quite low, and I didn't know how to control the oh guest's tone. Ah. So when I came out, I blamed myself, and I went into the other studio. And I sat down and um, this lady called Anna Schofield, who is the voice of Emirates. And she's like, she's done every single thing in voiceovers. She's amazing. And she, she came into the studio. She saw me and she's like, oh my, what's wrong? I said, I'm not cut out for this. And she was like, what? I said, I, honestly, I suck. And, and she was like, no, don't say that. And I said, I just did my first interview. And it was awful. And, uh, and she looked at me and she's like, listen, it's good that you got it out the way yeah. because this, you're going to learn how to pick up energy. You're going to learn how to pick people up. It's yeah. going to be part of your character. And because you're a coach, you'll be able to, to really vibe with it. And that's really important in the studio because it becomes your studio. So then I started looking at things like sounds and music and the background music that I play when I have my guests on. Yeah. The SFX, the fader. If I'm talking about something serious, what kind of light tune do I want? Do I want something upbeat? If I'm talking about something to do with boxing, do I want something a bit more, you know, going? So I learned these things and uh, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, next Wednesday will be the 200th show. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't wow. all start off as predicted. And even Yaz, when she came on, she said to me, how long have you been doing this? And I said, do you want the truth? And she said, yeah, I said a year and a half. Wow. It's not that long in radio world, but, um, but alhamdulillah, it's allowed me to speak to people like yourself. It's allowed me to, to listen to people like yourself. It's allowed me to punch above my weight, to be very honest. People think that, you know, it's, you know, it's something that I, I expect. No, man, every guest has their own flavor and that's, they bring their flavor to the show. And all of a sudden that show becomes what it is due to who I bring on. It's not really about me. Um, it's something that is, is nice to hear. Even if I know my opinion or I have my answer, when I ask those questions, I'm asking because I genuinely want to know what you think of them and how you feel about them. And that's how I am, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, I think in this story, there, there's so many ways I could go on about this, whether it's from you feeling terrified, frightened, to you being the, 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 the man who you are right now, saying you can't do it and like automatically switching that around and to, to you being the person who picks up on energy and navigates people across all sorts of backgrounds. And I think in many ways, that's a characteristic of a leader, of a, of a very effective leader. We deal with people of all sorts of, or in, of all walks of life. How do you, I mean, my question is, <laughs> that's the thing that comes to my mind is, how do you navigate? Like, what's the first thing you pick up on someone? Like, what? How do you how do you get on their level, and how do you know how to act accordingly to to, to that person right in front of you? Because I think this is this takes incredible emotional intelligence. This takes incredible level of skill, and that sometimes has to just be just taught by experience. What was your first experience like dealing with someone whose energy was like, holy cow, holy shit, I can't take that. Or like, how does it feel like? You know, the 80% of your immune system's in your gut. Yeah. We always say we have a gut feeling. So when you have a gut feeling, you have intuition about someone, it goes down to the energy and the vibe. Most of the hard work happens before the show. Absolutely. And so doing the research and having a look at all the different material and, and just trying to, because 90% of those guests 
uh, uh, through me reaching out to them or me knowing them. So when I'm actually like um, bringing someone on, I, I, I kind of feel like I have a feeling of what they're going to be like. Yeah. And I don't, and, and it's, it's in the most positive way that we normally say like, you know, don't assume things, but when you assume a good thing, when you, when you assume a positive thing, a lighthearted thing, most of the time it's true because it's coming through manifestation. Yeah. And so I, I've, I've visualized someone's character. I've visualized someone's vibe, someone's flavor. And I bring that to the table and I ask them kind of premeditating what kind of response they'll have, because I normally, I don't write scripts. I, I used to, <laughs> when I first came on, like, I don't want to forget anything. So I used to write things down, but now I just put subtitles and they'll vibe off the next thing of the next thing of the next thing of how we can kind of tell a story. Sometimes I might jump one or two things. I might like what someone said. I might vibe with someone, but that's, that's the thing. It's, it comes down to that and it comes down to, to energy and feeling. And like I said, intuition is very, very important when you're speaking to someone. Cause you, you kind of know, how do I say this? You kind of know who you're talking to and, and what they can bring to the table emotionally. And, and that's, that's the thing, emotional fitness, mental fitness. They're all things that I've come across for a long time, whether it was with grassroots, which is, you know, your threes and your four-year-olds and your five-year-olds, mm. or whether it was with, with seniors, with, with elders who are in their sixties and seventies. And, and, and I kind of, I kind of really like listening to, to those people because it, it's uh, so much wisdom there, yeah. but yet it's so stripped down. There's so much simplicity and very, and very direct in how they say things that I kind of think I, I want to be more like that. I don't really want to sugarcoat something too much, but I, I want to appreciate it and just kind of be straight to it where someone goes, yeah, I like that. You know, you know, when you, yeah. when you feel that kind of vibe. So, yeah. so it, it's helped me to, to be around so many different people. I grew up around so many different cultures mm. and, uh, and I was fortunate enough to meet people that kind of shaped me in, in that way and, and very, very different backgrounds, but equally effective, you know? Yeah. Um, wow. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, I relate, I relate to, to a certain extent, I definitely see that, you know, intuition is extremely important. And I think that, you know, I mean, it's some, for some people, it's very hard being themselves. So much like, it's mm. very hard. And automatically when you're talking to me, I feel like people sometimes look at someone like you or maybe me and they're like, well, how do you build that confidence or, or how do you be how do you be confident being yourself? And it almost, you know, almost makes me wonder or ask you, like you meet very incredible people. Um, what, what's one thing that allows you to, to feel comfortable being in your skin? And I, I say this as, as, as also an Arab or, you know, an Arab man, because I feel like these things we don't really talk about. We, we have insecurities. We you may not share them, and that 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 that's something that we'll, we might touch on later. But how do we just how do we, how can we be okay with them? And how how have you dealt with your own sort of uh, challenges in such a relentless field? Very good question. I think 
before you start to 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 love people and encourage people i think it comes down to self-love yeah i think we, we spend a lot of time in the current world looking at validation and being able to kind of state if you're the person that people think you are through social media through technology all these kind of things and i think if you're not able to self-love if you're not able to dedicate time to yourself and there's a very thin line between self-love and selfish i think those are the two things that a lot of people think oh well you know that person's being selfish because they're spending time on themselves i I kind of disagree with that and the more you come with experience not necessarily age but with experience the more you realize that you know what in order for me to give to my family to my wife to my friends i kind of have to give to myself and i kind of have to do things that will be able to take off the load off my brain because the brain is taking a lot of the weight on my shoulders and my shoulders are being so weighted down that my family aren't able to get that kind of that energy that I need to give them because I, I'm, I'm keeping things in, I'm bottling things in and I'm not being able to express my feelings because of that. And I think, I think it took me a while because I, I genuinely loved helping people. So I was always trying to help people and I was always trying to put myself out there to help people. But then when I realized, and even though we tell ourselves as men, no, no, I'm good. Well, it's yeah. not catching up with me. I, I can do this. <laughs> What happens then is the, the moment that you. sound goes off. Yeah, the moment that sound goes off, all of a sudden, it's like, um, wow, this is lonely. Because you you might have so many people around you and still feel lonely. Or you could have one person around you and feel like you have everything. Absolutely. And and I think that's that's kind of the key factors in terms of before having the confidence to be yourself. And by the way, you know, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, I think like. I'm, I'm still a product of it. Yeah. So I can't say that I have all the answers to being able to be confident because we have our insecurities. It's how we embrace them. Absolutely. That's, a, that's, that's another thing because if we don't embrace them, if we don't acknowledge them, if we, if we sidestep them or think that, you know what? Yeah, you know, I'm good. And then you go upstairs or you go into the other room and you think, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not really doing too well. I think that's the first step to be able to actually say it to yourself, to be able to detach from everyone and accept it. Yeah. But then it's how you respond to it. It's how you embrace it as, as part of our journey. And, and that's something that I'm noticing a lot of people being able to do more and more of now, but it's taken a long time for them to express that. Yeah. You know? Do you think Corona played a good role in uh, or uh, narrowed the gap a little bit for us to feel a little bit more comfortable talking about, you know, um, the stuff that we don't usually talk about when it comes to emotions, mental health, uh, just well-being in general. Do you, have you, have you realized that within your friends or your family or even workplace? I feel like it's the, it's the silver lining of the pandemic has gotten us to be a little bit closer together. And those who weren't really empathetic uh, mm. felt, a little bit more than than usual. Have you felt yeah. that as well? Yeah, you know that's a, that's a good question. I think I think lockdown really um, opened up a lot of emotions, and it's <laughs> it's it's a pun on words. But but when you say lock and open, people don't really put them two together. And someone said something to me the other day. He said, "2020 gave me 2020 vision," and I was like, "Yes." And That's I think I was right there. <laughs> yeah, man. That's a banger. That's a banger. You know what? It's, <laughs> if you wanted a title for this podcast, there, there you go for the show. Um, the person who said that to me was 
Lane Redman, who's um, a big a big celebrity out in UAE. He's a, he's a great guy. <laughs> he uh, he said to me, uh, oh, he's like, oh my bruv. 2020 gave me 2020 vision and i just went <laughs> <laughs> you know when you go which one of you said that <laughs> that, was, that was me you know and i yeah, said yeah. lane that is brilliant and that's that's exactly what it did you know in terms yeah. of COVID, in terms of everything the lockdown opened up a lot of emotions and i think people if they didn't face it they had to face it afterwards yeah um I want to know a bit about your book. I know Yaz had it. Uh, <laughs> she spoke to me a lot about it. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about, I mean, first of all, I'm a big fan of you being a, a, a self learner and, and, and a constant growth mindset. I feel that uh, sometimes, uh, you know, the biggest burden or enemy that you could have in your mind is knowing or thinking that you know it all. And I think that one thing that, the more I, and I'm sure you as well, when you get exposed to people who are doing things on a global scale and, and true pioneers, they're lifelong learners. And I absolutely admire that as you, as you uncover your story. Uh, what, was the, what, what was the driver behind your book? And talk to, talk, talk to us a little bit about that. Um, that's, again, another question. I think, I think I come from a family that, <laughs> really set the bar high Ali man like <laughs> it's 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 so difficult to fill um the shoes that they've set and my granddad uh bless his soul you know um could have been to a, like a, a Nobel Prize winner someone wow. who ran four universities someone who all my teachers in the UK who were Iraqi all of them used to go are you related to no. <laughs> and I'll be like, well, yeah, I am. And really send them my love. And all of a sudden it would be a, a smile to me every time they came to shake my hand. And it was so surreal because I was like, wow, this man must have had an impact. And as I grew older, I realized what kind of impact. And then we had to receive an award on behalf of him a couple of years ago. And uh, what was remarkable was like, how do you emulate that? You know, when you yeah. dedicate your life yeah. to education, you dedicate your life to, to making a difference and making an impact on people. That's what, that's what legacy is. Yeah. And then you have my father who dedicated his whole life to the point where he, that overshadowed his family. And being an orthopedic surgeon, being the best at what he does, mm. which is hard for me to concede that, knowing that that took its president over family, yeah. he is the best at what he does. So again, as just Omar, how do you emulate that? So we all have our own, our own role to play. Yeah. And so for me to put a book out there, it's, it's, it's a very vulnerable state because I'm not going to write another one. <clears throat> I dedicated my life and my studies to this one. It's not about me. It's about reset. Yeah. And reset is something that everyone has because people are scared of change. Absolutely. And because people are scared of change, everyone has the ability to reset. Mm idea of a domino system is being able to focus on five pillars, each pillar being a domino. Now, if you as Ali had four amazing pillars, but one of them needed some work and it could be something very simple like recovery, then all of a sudden that one recovery domino could affect the whole chain reaction. Yeah. And so that's why 
reset five dominoes or change your life is actually trying to simplify the studies that I spent years learning mm. to be able to allow the reader to have a conversation with me about their reset, mm. not mine. And so the more people start to read reset, they go back to one of the dominoes and say, to be fair, I didn't really, I haven't really mastered that, which is great. That's what I, that's what I, I want to hear because I haven't mastered all the dominoes. So I'll go back to, let's say, domino number two, which is unwind your mind. And it's about the mental health. It's about mindset. And the book can take up to two days to read. It's such a light read. But the hardest thing about the book was simplifying it so people could get through it. And after each chapter, write their takeaways, what they took away from that domino and how they relate to that domino and what are they going to do about it. This is kind of the engagement side. And at the end of the book, there's a gratitude journal. Again, we're looking at ourselves. We're not looking at the person on right or left. We're looking at how we reset. And so that was the idea of the book, which I wrote about four times because I wasn't happy with it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. So putting something out there, um, and, and one of, one of the, the managers I know, the coaches I know, he said, having a quality and putting it out there is one of the biggest states of vulnerability because Absolutely. you're exposing what you've learned to the world. Mm. Some people are going to agree. Some people are going to relate. Some people aren't going to agree. Yeah. But the main thing is you do it wholeheartedly and to the best of your ability. And for that person that you do touch, one or two people, that is the game changer. That's the big difference. You know what I mean? So I think reset has a huge meaning and not everyone that reads it is going to know me, but I feel like I hope by the time they're done with it, they're going to know themselves more. And that's kind of the idea of it. Wow. That's a, that's a mic drop right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm super humbled to, 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 to know you and call you a friend. I, I, I genuinely am very inspired and I can't wait to, uh, to read it. Um, yeah, I, I've just listening to you here speak is very refreshing. Uh, even when you hit that <laughs> recovery, <laughs> you know, Ali, maybe I think you, you hit that sweet spot. I was like, Damn, how, how does this guy know me already? Like I find it very hard to, to, I get very anxious doing nothing and uh, it's something I'm, I'm working on as well. Like I, I always talk to you guys about that as well. It's, uh, you know, sometimes being high energy and, and always having this go, go, go mentality, even when you're young. Um, I definitely know the the pros and cons of it. And and, and a big con is, uh, you, you know, if you can't control it, you you eventually wear out and it's like a tire, right? So how can you keep that mm. tire in, in, in optimum shape and it's for the longevity, right? It's not about going fast. It's not about racing that Ferrari. It's about keeping that, keeping that body, keeping that mind very healthy. And that's the message also. So, you know, I couldn't be more grateful to have you share that uh, with us today. And Omar, it's, it's, it's been a pleasure having you and I'm going to definitely link your, uh, your, your, your Instagram and, uh, and the show, um, halftime show in the show notes below. And I, I can't wait to see you in person when I come, inshallah, very, very soon in, in Christmas. And uh, I'm just going to leave the floor to you if you have any last remarks. And I'm genuinely so humbled to, to have had this chat with you. 
Oh man, Th- again, th- thank you for the opportunity. I hope, I hope it's reached out to to your followers, and I and I hope I hope they enjoy the episode. I'm I'm very very um, honored to be on your show, man. It's uh, it, it's great for me to be able to use our platforms to be able to connect. And uh, and yeah, you have a fan in me now, man. I'll be more than happy to to, <laughs> to keep tuning into your show and, and and keep pushing out there because it's it's really important to have voices like yourself that touch people's lives, you know. So I'm I'm very grateful to you and and uh, and thank you for the opportunity. It's an honor, Habibi. Thank you. Wow, this was Omar Elduri. I can't believe that I'm recording this edit just as I have finished our episode together live on Pulse 95 Radio on Omar's very own show, The Halftime Show. I'm quite emotional as I record this because um, sometimes the way the world works, when you just intend for something and you just go after it, it's scary pursuing your dreams. It's not easy. It's hard. And if anyone tells you otherwise, then that is not the truth. But people won't tell you that it is worth it. Because seeing Omar in real life, social media is not real life. And when you meet people through social media in real life, you realize the power of social media and wow, holy wow. So this is the tools that we have guys together. Uh, I'm just very emotional, so. I'll leave it there. Thank you, Omar, so much for this, for having me today at your radio station. For the first time ever, you know, I make an appearance in the Middle East on the radio. It's with you. Uh, I, you ask me to sing, I sing. We just get super raw and vulnerable together and we talk about mental endurance. I'll link the episode in the show notes below. I just want to say thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, this is as real as it gets. Uh, it's just me uh, and a bunch of absolutely great, phenomenal guests that live, walk, breathe, and talk the talk and walk the walk. Empathy always wins. Is purposely designed to show you that you know realness, goodness, being emotional, and controlling you know, your, your, your emotions, managing them, having boundaries within yourselves, setting boundaries in your life, that is truly the way to win and not anything otherwise. So I'll leave you on that note. In life and in business, true empathy absolutely always wins. <laughs>